Check. Previously on the Spielman and Hooley We Second Tackle Life podcast. tournament is the ceiling for this team. If they get him back and they get a good draw, then fairy dust falls upon my Buckeyes and might get to the Sweet 16. No? No. Feels not in. Feels not in on the. I, I, I can't. I can't. No, I, because. I mean. I'm not talking with my head. I'm talking it's, with my heart. I mean, between the Browns and the Buckeye basketball team. I don't let Bombas don't let me root, grow up to root for your team. Because I am a jinx. Maybe not. Maybe I'm not a jinx. We still think uh, that was a few weeks ago, Spiels. Do we still think uh, Sweet 16 is the ceiling for this basketball team? Uh, no, because we, we have new information. We do. They're 8 and 2 in the Big Ten over their last 10 games. That ties Maryland. The best record in the Big Ten over that stretch. Eight uh, and two. Yeah. I mean, at that time, that's if you have to make an opinion at that time, you make that opinion. I know Chris Holtman was a little uh, testy about some people on Twitter saying his team was done. I was one of them, but that's the information that I had at the time. Now what we're seeing is a team that uh, still Caleb Wesson needs mm-hmm. to be more consistent, but when you get guard play, like they got yesterday from Ooh. the three guards, and even Mohammed, who didn't score a lot, but just the little things that he does, Bruce, on on the floor. And uh, give me the uh, – I just had a – C.J. Walker? No, the I got C.J. at 15. I yeah. 35 points, and Dwayne, Dwayne Washington's Washington. playing with such confidence. C.J. Walker's playing with confidence. The, the kid off the bench, the freshman. The C.J. Center. Liddell. Yeah, C.J. Liddell. Liddell. When you get minutes like Liddell gives you yeah. – and it doesn't always have to be scoring. It does, It's just rebounds. And, and He had a tip out that just tipped it out. <laughs> yeah. Extra possession. Caleb Wesson hit a three and just on the, the tip yeah. out. And just like the, the aggressiveness and the confidence that this team is playing with. And I saw CJ interviewed after the game, and that's what came across the screen is just genuine confidence in how they're playing. And they did it with seven guys. Now, it's mm. going to, when they get young back, that's certainly going to help them as they move through this tournament and, and position themselves for the NCAA. But, uh, you know, a six seed was what they were projected as. But if they make a run in that Big Ten tournament and hopefully win that and become Big Ten champions, you know, you're looking at, what, a three, two, or three seed? I Big do Ten not. Champions? I'm going to say something that fans won't like. I do not want them to win the Big Ten tournament because you have to play so hard in such a compressed amount of time that it wears you out. And you mentioned their short rotation now. My concern at this point is they're play- everybody, five guys, the starters all played 32 minutes or more yesterday in a 77-63 win over Michigan. If you'd have told me they could beat Michigan by 14, and that was a false flag. They didn't really beat them by four. I mean, they did, but it was a l- yeah, late rally. away at the end. But with Caleb Wesson making one two-point shot and, and going 0 for 7 in the paint in yeah. the first half, if you'd have told me they could win that game relatively easily over the last three minutes, I'd have said, no way. But C.J. Walker, he's taking guys one-on-one. That's not what we've seen out of him. I'm not going to say it's not his game because it was his game yesterday. Dwayne Washington had a great week against Nebraska and uh, Michigan. He's a combo guard now. He's not just a shooter, and he's not just a facilitator. No, that's when their offense is the best, when he's a drive guy. Because he can drive and kick or drive and score and create off the dribble his own shot. And – the other cool thing, and I, I interrupted you, I apologize, no, but fine. the other cool thing about yesterday was just watching it on TV, and I know that you were there, 
was it looked like there was a ton of energy in the building and enthusiasm and it was loud and it, it just was a great atmosphere. Was it, or am I missing something? It was at isolated times. I still, there were times where it got quiet and I thought, you know, the basketball thing, but they tried to make it and I understand why they try to make it like the Michigan football thing. There's never a bad win over Michigan and somebody, right. I retweeted a, uh, a photo from somebody after the game. They had a picture of Jawan Howard and Jim Harbaugh grinning ear to ear. And they uh, posted on it, smile if you can't beat Ohio State. It was a very funny, very, very funny tweet. uh, Because obviously neither guy's done it. Uh, So uh, I get it. Ryan Day was there. They gave out uh, scarlet t-shirts. It was a nice touch. Made me wonder why they didn't make the seats in the building scarlet. Because it sure looked good with scarlet t-shirts on every seat. But a great win for them. They've assured themselves a no less than 500 finish in the Big Ten. When they were two and six, I never would have thought that yeah, happened. Yeah, but that's the information when we made those comments. We That's yeah. the information, and uh, when you make an evaluation, that's the evaluation that you have. And and obviously they could turn it around. And the, and the good thing is they're turning it around, not for DJ Carton, but the good thing is that they've been able to yeah. absorb, at least to this point, the loss of DJ Carton and whether he comes back or not, nobody knows and just get healthy DJ. And obviously Ohio state's putting that first, but I, it's, it's fun to watch. I mean, and Andre Wesson got it started yesterday too. He got off to a quick start. So when you have that type of contribution from a variety of players and that type of scoring and a level of confidence in their defensive intensity, I know they gave up a lot of easy buckets yesterday or some missed assignments. They did. Guys not switching off or hedging right or whatever the case may be, but still they 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 played with energy and enthusiasm and confidence. Man, there was just something about that that the, I from that opening tip. I mean, I sat there for two hours and watched it from the opening tip. I never felt like they were going to lose. I never felt like they were going to. Really? I, I mean, I just had that feeling. Well, yeah, I had a feeling all. Well, the that's way, because you're more invested. All the way than through the second half, I'm turning around, I'm talking to some other guys, and I'm like, "Man, this feels like it could get away." And yeah. They're like, yeah, this is right on the ragged edge that's, of getting away. <laughs> that, I mean, but that's just because yeah. you're you're invested. But it was great, great win. Congratulations, uh, Buckeyes and Coach. And uh, it's just uh, it, it's so cool for me being a, a, a Buckeye when the the football team and the basketball team are good and. Mm-hmm. You know, I started the day off. I was out. Uh, I'll share this in the face segment. I, the crew I was, segment? With the crew game yesterday? No, started no. Oh, okay, I thought maybe the, you were the crew Ben's game. lacrosse got beat by Cornell. Oh, okay. I was watching that. In, wow, in person? No. Oh, okay. No, um, I, I had I was convicted uh, and reminded of some things this week. Uh, not only convicted, but I was reminded a lot of uh, faith aspect mm-hmm. uh, thoughts this week that I'm going to share that uh, with with the crowd or with the uh, listeners, but I, I watched that and was actually sitting in a restaurant out at Easton Mall, and um, I was with people, and I, I feel bad because I wasn't giving them my undivided attention. I was trying to, but my <laughs> my eyes kept going up to the television screen where Ohio State lacrosse was playing Cornell. Ah. And... Nick Myers is the head coach, is a guy that I really like and respect and got to know a little bit over the years, and I just felt bad for for that loss. Ohio State, I think, was ranked 18th or 16th or something like that. Cornell was number 10, just got close and just couldn't close the deal. But anyway, that's okay. That's okay. Um, you said congratulations to the players and to coach. Uh, I do think people need to pause for a second because when things are going bad, 
They were like, I don't know about Holtman. I don't know about Holtman. Now, I never lost faith, but I did start to listen to other people tell me why I should lose faith. But you got to look at it's not just eight and two. It's eight and two in the best league in the country where, you know, people will tell you 10 teams are getting in out of 14. Uh, the other thing is it's eight and two with DJ Carton's absence thrown in there, with Kyle Young's sprained yeah. ankle thrown in there, with Luther Muhammad's shoulder issues thrown in there with Alonzo Gaffney who wasn't playing but at least he's a body that you you know you have available but you don't have available when he's sick and by the way he must be really sick because I'm sure he realizes with young out this is an opportunity for him to play so the kid must really be sick Mm -hmm. Uh, but it's Chris Holtman who admitted yesterday he has changed how they attack teams because of the personnel losses because he has just three guards but he's ridden those three guards Muhammad Walker and Washington I think uh, I may sound like a fanboy, but I have to give him some credit for adjusting in the sure. middle of a season in the toughest league in the country and finding out a way to win. Yeah, well, that's what good coaches do. You adjust to the personnel that you have. And, you know, I mean, when they're losing, it's just like just I want to hold Chris Holtman to the same standard that you hold Ryan Day. I mean, why should we not? It's Ohio State basketball, right? I mean, if they're not playing well, then he's going to take heat. If yep. they're playing well, then he's going to get praised. That's that's what you. Uh, that's the cost of being a coach at Ohio State in the two biggest sports, revenue generating sports. You would agree though and, that in basketball, the depth of the Big Ten in football is not what it is in basketball. No, of course not. I mean, you got ten teams making the NCAA. Yes, I and I would also agree it's a lot easier to build a basketball program in a hurry than it is to build a football program, which takes time. Yeah. That's right. In my opinion. That's right. Nope. There are advantages to both. And it was nice to see Ryan Day and Chris Holtman yesterday exchange the man hug. It's kind of cool. Like a new generation. I like it. It is a new generation. Yeah, we've moved on. It's a lot of money slapping fives there. Ten million bucks slapping (laughs) fives right there. Six for Ryan. Four that's for what they Holman. were. That's what they were giving yeah. each other. Five. We were getting paid like this. Where did it go on that extension, Ryan? That'll help me. <laughs> so true. All right, uh, we transition. They play Illinois Thursday. That'll be a spectacle. I, that'd be a good game. Yeah, Illinois twenty-one and nine. Or yeah, 29? the big guy from Illinois, uh, seven footer from uh, I believe he's from Nigeria. He's a player. There's like eight really good bigs in the Big Ten. Hopefully, Caleb Wesson will be one of them on Thursday because he was struggling yesterday. Uh, but Thursday will be a spectacle because they'll honor the 1960 national championship team, and apparently Bob Knight is attending the game. Great! So they'll give him a Would rousing you go up rendition and, and get an autograph. From I will me? not. No, maybe please. From, maybe from Jerry Lucas. No, I have a I have a copy of Sports Illustrated. I might this. I may do a fanboy. I have a copy of Sports Illustrated from I believe 1961 to. Or three, when Jerry Lucas, uh, an artist depiction of Jerry Lucas on the cover in his Ohio State letter sweater, not jacket, they right. gave him sweaters, was Sportsman of the Year. Was he a good? Would player? I be? Pff, come on. Was Jerry Lucas a good? Player? Yes. Right. Come on. Are you I, I, joshing I now? I don't know. I, I mean, I always right. get Jerry let me Lucas. Get the, let, me Jerry, get the, let me get the numbers. Jerry, what? I just want you to know that. Could I? Should I go and get? Is that be? Would that be worse than me getting a selfie with Jim Jackson or not? Uh no, because not Jerry Lucas. I mean, he's got to be sixty. So that was. He's older than sixty, my friend. No, I mean nineteen sixty. Oh, okay. So that's what almost. 
How long ago was that? 40 well, that plus 20? 60 years? 60 years ago. So he was 20 then. So, so he's, he's in his 80s. 80, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if I am if I make it to my 80s, which you, right you now. You want is, people is, to come up to you and get an autograph? Deba- no, I don't. <laughs> I didn't think so. <laughs> oh, who am I sitting next to? But uh, will you get me Bob Knight's autograph? No. And say, you to and Chris, I, a man after my own heart. You and I have, a, I think, a really good friendship, but every friendship <laughs> has its limits. That is just outside the bounds of ours. Let's see here if they give me his numbers on Wikipedia. Come on, Wikipedia. His NBA numbers? Uh, these are his NBA numbers, yeah. he's uh, He was one of the 50 greatest players in NBA. Oh, history. I didn't know that. Oh, I, yeah. I apologize. He won a high school state championship, an Olympic gold medal, and an NBA championship. He's in the rare air of those who did that. And I believe uh, our friend Bill Hoskett is one of those as well. Wow. Um, so here we go. Jerry Lucas, college stats. Uh, Come on, give me the per-game averages. It's right there, Bruce. No, where are the points? There's no po- Oh, here, 26.3 points. This is as a sophomore. He was ineligible as a freshman, correct? Yeah, all yeah. freshmen were ineligible. 26 points, 16 boards. Pretty good. Average as a <laughs> okay. sophomore. 25 points, 17 boards as not a as junior. Good. No, that's mm, good. That's 20, 22 points, 18 boards yeah. as a senior. Well, he slacked off. He got worse as the year went on. <laughs> yeah, it's real, pretty good it's numbers, real piker. Yeah. yeah. So there you go. So that's, Isn't he from uh, down by the river? Middletown. Middletown, Ohio. You sure? Yeah. Yes, I am sure. I thought he was like from over from right, like let's go Wheaton, back. Let's go back Wheaton, to his Wikipedia West Virginia. Because I'm so seldom right on these <laughs> things. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, man. He's probably from Middletown. I, I don't know. Middies. Home High of the great school. Chris Carter. Middletown, Ohio. There you go. I should not question your basketball. All right. no, not on Jerry Lucas. I'm Jerry Lucas and Jim Jackson are my fanboys in okay. basketball. Okay. So that's Thursday night. So uh, that'll be fun. We'll talk about that on Friday. All right, let's talk about the NFL Scouting Combine. Mr. Yes. Spielman. Uh, I would say a very good weekend for the Buckeyes with some disappointments. J.K. Dobbins elected not to run. I actually think that's a decent decision because of the hamstring, not because of the ankle. Would you have run if you were not 100%? No. No, I think because J.K. is going to get a host of NFL teams here. Now, he might get some blowback early on, uh, but guess what? If he comes and, and runs sub 4-4 four, four here at Ohio State, Ooh. nobody's going to care, and he's going to have uh, every team, obviously, because it's Ohio State. That place will be packed. I usually go over and attend that. Oh, I, you would. Yeah. Can I give you a recorder and you go over and get some? No, I don't do that. Okay, right. I'm not That's a reporter. outside the bounds of our friendship. Yeah, your I'm, side. I'm, not, I'm not a reporter. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a, an opinion guy. I'm, would they let you in? With the still good? No, no, no. Were you still good with Ryan Day, like from the urban era? Do you have to? Do you have a little card? I, I assume or I am. No, I don't have a secret access or a secret you, handshake. Why don't you wear your jersey over there? I don't have. Wear my Letterman sweater. There you go. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, if I think if uh, J.K. runs, I don't. It all be forgiven. I thought the interesting thing was the guy that really helped himself is Jeff Akuda, right? He ran four four eight. I think he vertical. Vertical over 40 inches, which 41. is amazing. Yep. Standing broad jump of over 11 uh, feet, which is amazing. Just shows his explosiveness. I think the the best thing about Jeff, and I admired this answer when that, and it's an embarrassment to your profession. It's an embarrassment to your profession. When that reporter yeah, asked, him, yeah. asked him that question that doesn't know what he's asking. 
So I got a little background on that. Well, who's the reporter, first of okay, all? Okay, I don't know the name. My friend Steve Hellwagon said <laughs> yesterday, he goes, I happened to be standing next to that unfortunate soul when he asked Jeff Okuda about his sloppiness on the field. And clearly the kid had Googled Jeff Okuda. He was a young, young, young reporter. He had Googled Jeff Okuda, and I don't know what, something came up that was a year old or two years old. I thought Okuda handled it well, he said. Oh, he handled it great. What are you talking about? Like He didn't say it that way. He just said, oh, I didn't have any holding penalties. I didn't have any pass interferences. He handled penalties. it great. Check the tape. He handled it way better than I would have handled yeah. it because I walked around with a giant chip on my shoulder and I wanted to fight everybody. And I, I wish I wasn't like that, but I was. But how does that guy like that get into the combine? Reporter like that. I, that's, I don't care. Youth is not an excuse. Do, he didn't do his research. Oh, I'm, I'm not making excuses for him. Is he I, getting I paid to do a job? I would assume he is. Uh, to me, that's fireable. That's a fireable offense. If you don't know what you're doing or the questions. Yeah, just don't ask asking, anything. Just stand there and listen. You know, and he, I, I mean, he couldn't even get the question out. Penalties, holding mm. interferences. I mean, he's making things up. Yeah. Fake news. Fake news. Why? Why? I don't understand that. But anyway, Okuda ran four four eight. He he uh, high uh, he uh, vertical vertical jumped forty one inches. He broad jumped eleven three. And here's the thing: he went up during uh, pass catching drills and uh, fell awkwardly, slammed his head into the turf. Deion Sanders told him, "Don't keep working out." Okuda said, "I'm a competitor." He continued working out. He didn't do on any more on-field drills, but he had already done, flashed his footwork. Yeah, he's good. And uh, then he went and verticaled 41 and broad-jumped 11-3. Yeah. He'll probably match or exceed those at Ohio State's Pro Day. He doesn't need to do anything at he Pro Day. He doesn't need to no, do just, anything. No, just, you know, you're, you're good. You're top five he's pick. top five for sure. Probably top three. I don't know so, about that. I got some thoughts on that. Ooh, okay. Well, uh, is that because Isaiah Simmons ran a 4-3 now? Yes. Linebacker, 238. John, there were some amazing times at this. There always are. But uh, Jonathan Taylor of Wisconsin ran faster than I thought he would, 441. No, I, I know he he's would. a sprinter, but I just thought, you know, so that's a good reason for Dobbins not to run because DeAndre Swift and Jonathan Taylor both ran really good times. And you want right. to make sure you're 100% when J.K. runs because they're all three, like, right there. It's potato-potato with those three guys. Yeah. Yeah, I I think J.K. is a little bit different. I think he's a more of a, 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 a one thing I really liked about J.K. Dobbins was his vision. I think is an underrated physical attribute that running backs have. You see holes and change of speed and direction and burst. Not saying those other guys do. I think that's something that that uh, sets J.K. apart. The other thing is when called upon, and when he was needed most, he performed. Yes, I mean, you're did. looking at, you know, the guy was playing, uh, I mean, this is slightly high, hyperbole, but he was playing the first half of games and begin the season, but toward the end when they needed him, he was getting, you know, 30 to 35 carries a game. Check his numbers against and, Penn State, Wisconsin, Michigan, and Clemson. And that's his resume. That's like if I'm a scout, that's the thing that, that I'm looking at with J.K. Dobbins. Like I don't know if he's – a 1A, I do think he's a 1B. I don't know if he'll ever be a 1A, but in the NFL, I don't. there's not too many 1As left. You know, you need two or three guys, and you want to preserve those guys as long as you can. I think he's going to have a, a great career uh, 
the weight gain and strength gain and he got from his junior year to last year, which was noticeable by just looking at him, mm-hmm. I think was advantageous. But with a good look, I, I think the I think the Lions could take Isaiah Simmons because I know what Matt Patricia likes. They're looking to trade Darius Slay. If they trade Darius Slay, who's uh probably the top free agent cornerback in the league, then Jeff Akuda is going to be in Detroit. Now, there was some talk that the Washington Redskins might not take Chase Young. That's right. We so, had an emailer asked you that. Yeah, and so if, if Chase Young falls, then the Lions, who need pass rushing desperately, maybe oh, wow. more than they need corners, would probably take Chase Young. I think both Jeff Akuda and Chase Young are top five picks, which is just another – Great advertisement for Ohio State. It's a great advertisement for them. Not a bad mm-hmm. advertisement for Urban Meyer's recruiting that he recruited. And Joe by the Burrow, way, <laughs> I mean, Joe Burrow, on. number one pick, Chase Young, Jeff Okuda, 2-3. So not bad. Did you see the news about Joe Burrow? Uh, did not. Well, this uh, I, I think Joe's resigned. I don't, I, I, again, I don't know his feelings. I mean, you just go by what you hear. Joe's come to terms that he's going to be a Cincinnati Bengal. And Poor guy. It said on ProFootballTalk.com reported that Joe Burrow told the Cincinnati Bengals to keep A.J. Green. So that tells me that Joe Burrow's very smart because A.J. Green, when healthy, is, is fabulous. Oh, probably a top five wide receiver. A.J. Green, how do you keep him? Well, he might be ticked off, but you just throw the franchise Franchise on him. tag him, man. So we'll see. And Andy Dalton, of course, is rumored to go to three different uh, places. Two of them come to top of mind. One where I said last year in the middle of the year, I thought Andy Dalton would wind up in Chicago. Now, Indianapolis, of course, is looking for a quarterback, whether that be uh, Andy Dalton. There's also rumors of Phillip Rivers uh, going to the Indianapolis Colts. So... We'll see how this all plays out, but I, it's going to be an exciting draft, actually. It's exciting and interesting because you look at three of Urban's recruits are going to be top five picks. If you're the Bengals and you don't like the vibe you get from Joe Burrow, and we talked about the kind of passive-aggressive approach he took a while to say, sure, I'll go play there, would you think about Tua, if the medicals check out, could the medicals make you feel good enough about Tua to take him over Burrow? Because you love Tua. I do. Uh, there's still people like Tua over Joe Burrow. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, I would think about Tua, but not at number one because of the medicals. Um, I think that Cincinnati's in a great position. If I'm Cincinnati, my phones are open. If... In fact, that I look at the rosters and know that I can still get a quarterback, whether that's Tua or Joe. <clears throat> yeah. So does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, you, they could go down, presumably. I'd be a little nervous about going down to five uh, where Miami is because yeah, I wouldn't somebody, go could, below somebody Miami. could jump up to four and it could go Chase Young, Okuda, Burrow, Tua, and there you sit. And you got yeah. Justin Herbert. Now, maybe you love Justin Herbert and you don't care. Well, the, the other kid that uh, Todd McShay and Mel Kuyper have a $5,000 bet. I didn't know if you knew this. Jordan Love? Out of Utah State. And $5,000 bet for charity or what? Yes. Okay. 
that uh, Love goes, McShay's got Love going ahead of Herbert. And Mel's got Herbert going ahead of Love. So I'd take they Mel's. said those those guys are, I'm not sure I'd about take that. take Mel's action on that one. I'm not sure about that. I like Justin Herbert. He looked pretty good yeah. in the Rose Bowl. Yeah, you, you fall in love so easy, it's I, unbelievable, man. No, I just yes, said I like him. I, no. don't, I don't like his accuracy, which, you know. Okay, love, <laughs> well, that's a problem. Gotta love the accuracy, but he's a big, tall, strong athlete. All right, uh, while we mention charity, we should throw a big shout-out to Michigan man Rich Eisen. He ran the 40-yard dash as he does every year. It's a really cool way for Broke 6.0. 5.98 in the 40. I don't know how old he is. He's probably, I don't know, close to 50 years old. Uh, but the cool thing is that he raised uh, 800 grand for uh, the uh, hospital in Memphis, the kids' hospital in Memphis. Yeah, it was really cool. And uh, George Kittle gave $10,000. George Kittle and Jerry yeah. Rice were part of the big – NFL Network production they did as a four-minute video on was Twitter cool. about it. Yeah. They had a little kid from um, St. Jude's. St. Jude's. And uh, so, yeah, really, really cool. And they do that. Now. That's a really cool way for the Combine to wrap up. Yeah. It's a great thing that Eisen does. And, and I'll tell you, it was really well produced, and I'm a little bit biased because the producer, the guy that produces all the Combine is a guy by the name of Mark Titleman. And Mark is also my producer on my Fox show. So, he does a great job, and, and the thing about this is one thing for people to know, that the people that are in the production side of it, especially this guy, they are passionate about the product that they put out. They're so conscientious about making it perfect, not for themselves, but they want to make it a great viewing experience. That's the passion behind the people behind the cameras, if that makes sense to you. Yeah, The director, absolutely. the producer, they take so much pride in their job, and that's why I love working with this, the team that I work with. So we'll see. Did you fall in love with any players at the Combine, just off no. you know, workout warriors? Is that because you have this, you know— resistance to being fooled by the combine you got a mike mamula thing going or what no i i think i'm amazed at their athletic ability because i fell in love with one no. i fell in love and here he is i'm showing you the video do you know who this is yeah it's suggs rugs rugs henry rugs yeah. playing dunk. basketball playing basketball look at this his head is at the rim spiels yeah he's amazing look at this look at this guy He's, he's an amazing. Amazing athlete. Yes, he is. And he's fast. And I saw him interviewed, and he's, you know, nice kid. I fell in love with Henry Ruggs. I got to tell you. That's I'm ready to trade Odell Beckham he's, and he's, draft Henry Ruggs. Just because he can dunk? No, because he can also play football at Alabama. <laughs> nah. He's a good player. He's not he as good not... as the other receiver. Jerry Judy? Yeah. I don't know about that. A little bit more physical. <laughs> I'm falling in love with Henry Ruggs. I pledge my love to Henry Ruggs. Uh, what about Poor Henry? You just got the holy curse. Yeah, he does. We talked about that in the open. <laughs> what about these two tackles? The Browns need tackles. Uh, Tristan Wirfs of Iowa, six four three twenty, vertical jump thirty eight and a half inches, and ran a four eight six forty. How many times do I care what a tackle runs in the forty? When the furthest he'll run in a football game is maybe 10 yards on a screen pass if he's out front blocking. It shows something about athletic ability and burst and all that. Um, I know that this is a tackle deep draft. I was actually talking to Rick, and he was telling me there's a lot of good offensive yeah, tackles out there. And you mentioned Andrew Thomas of Georgia, who yeah. some say is the best tackle. Which will, who would 
I think, who the Browns have their eye on. I, I, I don't get excited about tackles running fast because as long as they can pass – what do you think Andrew Whitworth for the Rams at 35 years old runs? I wonder if he could beat Rich Eisen in a 40. Yeah, does, so sure it doesn't matter. I'm sure he could. You know, tackle is all about technique and quickness and hands and patience and strength. It's it's a technique position. It's not a physical position. I mean, at times you're called to be physical, but even run blocking, if you watch it, just, I, I say Whitworth because – He's not a big. He's still really good. He's still really good, but it's all about body positioning, yeah. and he doesn't really blow anybody off the ball. But he's smart. He uses his body. He cuts people off. He, yeah. he does a lot of what, like a lot of moving screen type of stuff. Almost remember that one game. Well, that's we kind of zone blocking. Yeah, too. like with Caleb Wesson, how I said he yeah. was being able to screen two defenders away so a guy can drive in and have a good layup. That's kind of part of playing offensive tackle. You just mm-hmm. got to keep your man from getting into the gap that he's supposed to be in and you seal him or cut him off, then you're doing your job and you got to be able to pass protect. So I don't get excited about tackle numbers. I get excited about Jeff Okuda numbers because that is a pure athletic position. The athletic, the athleticism has to translate for yeah. you to be a good corner. Or or Jonathan Taylor's numbers yeah. running a four four one. Yeah. I mean that stuff is or or So your eyes are not opened by six foot seven, three hundred and sixty four pound Mackey Becton running a five five one one? No. I don't Louisville. care less. Doesn't matter to me. Okay. That's great. Congratulations. He ran a five you know, remember Randall McDaniel? I do. R- Randall McDaniel ran a four five nine. Well he was at a offensive good, guard. He was a pretty good player. He's a Hall of Famer, yes. <laughs> I was gonna say so. That blows your argument up. You're giving me it a does, guy who ran a big guy who ran fast, and he's in the Hall of Fame. He's got a gold jacket. It's the difference between guard and tackle. Okay. Uh, here's a 40 time that might make you feel better. This is a 40 time that might make all of Buckeye Nation feel better. Do you remember Tanner Muse of Clemson? Yes. Tanner Muse, Tanner Muse, the safety who had a five-yard deficit to J.K. Dobbins on a second-quarter breakaway run. And ran him down with a diving swipe that got the back of his ankle and knocked him down shy of the goal line, resulting in a field goal, not a touchdown. Tanner Muse ran a four-four-two. So now, do we feel better? No. Do we absolve J.K. Dobbins of getting caught from behind? No. He just—that's just what happened. I don't know if he. I mean, the guy made a great play. I was trying to make you feel better. Well, nothing makes me feel better. (laughs) I'm miserable. What have we left out today? We got the combine, and we got oh, we got to talk about a great day in Columbus sports Sunday. I wonder. I'm sure someone did. Uh, crew played at noon. His first season opener. Shout out, Dr. Pete Edwards, crew owner. Seventeen thousand yeah. four hundred at Montbray Stadium. Is this the last That's year great. for Montbray Stadium? I have no uh, idea. I don't know. What's going on Pete, with that? Pete's playing a little music. Oh, crew. That's all I say. Uh, crew wins one nil, and I guess they played a man down. I guess they had a red card guy early, so they were a man down. Okay, won that. I don't know anything. OSU wins in front of eighteen eight at right. the uh, Value City Bargain Barn. That's great. And the CJ CBJ rally and come back and beat Vancouver last night in front of eighteen thousand. At uh, Nationwide. How many goals did Felino have last I night? I don't know how many the captain had. He's playing well. So He always plays well. Imagine you had 50-some thousand people show right. up for three professional, well, I'm sorry, two professional sporting events and <laughs> and student-athletes. <laughs> Thank you. And engaged in extracurricular activities uh, against the University of Michigan. 
uh, and three victories for the good guys. Yeah, it's a good day in Columbus sports, and and uh, I hope the crew wins. I I didn't even know the season started. I thought I didn't know it ended. When did it end? Like last some, month? It is some <laughs> sometime last year. And it starts right, right in March. Shout out to Caleb Porter, head coach, and the uh, Columbus crew and all the people there. And uh, we, we love the crew because uh, Dr. Pete's a friend of ours, and he does a great job at Orthopedic One. Here's our review of the day. It comes from Boo Snacks, and you can review at iTunes. He says, phenomenal podcast. Before discovering Spielman and Hooley, I was listening intently to a myriad of other OSU and sports podcasts while driving or as background noise during work. Spielman Hooley takes such reasoned and rational approaches to the sports topics that most all of the other podcasts have become less than interesting. The real gem of the show is the life talk that is intertwined throughout the show and the face segment that ends it. These discussions help keep life in perspective and sometimes can feel like a personal, small group. It has helped me and several other Buckeye friends rediscover our passion for faith. Wow. That makes our day, my friend. That's That's, what we're here for. That's what I'm paying for right there, buying people's faith. You know, it strikes me that this podcast is continues the book title. Steph's very eloquent response to a lady who Steph was gracious with her time uh, with, and uh, she apologized to Steph, and Steph said, that's why I'm here. Yeah. And, you know, those kinds of uh, strengthening messages that we get are uh, why we do the podcast. So we appreciate that. Rick tried to review the podcast. Uh, he emails SpielmanHooleyPodcast at gmail.com. He once again, this time on my iPhone, I cannot figure out how to leave you a review. The last podcast I listened to ended with Chris talking about his reaction to hearing from his daughter that she tore her ACL. I congratulate you, Rick, uh, Chris. I am a 63-year-old man with three soccer-playing daughters now in their 30s who ended up all playing in college. Congrats. I also played and coached and witnessed four ACL tears among my daughters. Wow. Thinking back on one occasion, I did not react as well as you and regretted it. Again, listening to you tell the story about what Macy said at your birthday get-together. Anyway, I have read your book and continue to admire you as a father and husband. I also admire your faith. Thank you. I'm a practicing Catholic, and your familiarity with Scripture. Bruce, appreciate you as a father and Christian. I remember you saying you won't mow your lawn on Sunday. That's true. And your humility and willingness to remember you still need work. I feel I have some of that in me. Thanks for your great work on the podcast, and keep it going. Thank you, Rick. Appreciate that. Uh, the reaction, go back and listen to the podcast. The reaction that I had with my daughter was was Holy Spirit given, not Chris given, because I was just a mess inside. It's okay. It's what you right. gave her, strength yeah. her. Uh This one comes from JC in Lancaster, currently living in Los Angeles. He says, hi, guys. Thought I'd share my appreciation for your podcast, not being overly, overly religious, but still trying to lead my life the best and most generous way that I can. I would usually check out during the faith-oriented segment. While I don't see myself turning to God to the degree that both of you have, you should know that I have grown to enjoy listening to your stories and how they relate to faith. I'm sure you have other listeners that can relate. Keep up the good work, and go very Bucks. Cool. Thank you. Thank very you. cool. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Appreciate we're, that. We're on our different journeys, man, different paths. And I... Uh, Good luck to you out there in L.A. Yeah. I was convicted this week. Now, conviction means, I guess, in the faith world, conviction is an, an awareness that was brought to you, I guess. It was mm-hmm. a good way to describe it. Yeah, and, it can happen a lot of ways. And, and not you don't necessarily have to be neg- negatively convicted. You can There can be a positive conviction. And so 
I was, my wife and I were with my youngest daughter yesterday, and we were walking through the parking lot. We were out at Easton, and just, mm-hmm. she was going on a spring break with her friends, so we're going to get her some shorts and bangs, whatever. I sit in a bench waiting for them to come out of the stores is what I do. But anyway, I thought to myself, and it just popped into my head, and again, I think this is God working in me. Other people might not see it that way, but this is how I see it. And as we're just walking, it's kind of quiet. And I said to myself, I need to affirm my daughter. And I told her, you know, Audrey, when we mix these families, and there were some tough times. I mean, there's, you know, everybody's trying to get used to each other. You're the youngest one. And you were the great uniter. Wow. You united everybody. And I just thought you need to know a gift that you have. Then I said to her, you know, the other cool thing is that being the youngest, you always have to adapt to the change. You have to adapt to the change of your stepsisters going to college. You have to adapt to the change of your older sister when she moved out. You have to adapt to the change of accepting uh, another girl when my son got married to Lauren. And you do it with such a loving, open, easy, carefree way that you are teaching me a lesson on how to uh, go with the flow, basically. And I said, those are your strengths. And you have to understand because she she's the best athlete out of all of them. She doesn't play sport, which is fine. She's not into sports. She works very hard, and she has <clears throat> did have two jobs. She has one job now. And she, um, you know, like all 17-year-old girls, she's you don't know if she's happy or sad half the time. There's not, not really a lot of in-between. But she is a great uniter. And I said, that's such a gift. And I just wanted to thank you for that. I think that's awesome that you noticed that about her. It's a very intuitive thing that you noticed. And what you did was affirm her. And an affirmation, I'm uh, engaged in um, exploring deeply some leadership training and how we can um, use it to build character among young people. And I'm fortunate. I came from a very loving home, but you and I both had tough dads, and there wasn't, there was (laughs) approval, but I wouldn't say my father ever sat me down and gave me that kind of an affirmation. And it, it, he would tell me he's proud of me, and, you know, those times meant a lot, but I try to affirm my daughters when merited, because it's, if it, if you do it all the time, then it doesn't have any weight. They have to know, yeah, this, that's really cool that he noticed that. But I think noticing traits, you know, it's easy to say, hey, great job getting an A on the paper right. or great job scoring 20 points or whatever. But when you notice traits that are like that trait, a, unite, a unification trait, a unification gift. Barnabas. An ability to adapt. I called her Barnabas. Now, do you know who Barnabas was? Well, Paul and Barnabas. Okay, Paul and Barnabas, but Paul and Peter had a fight, basically, an yes. argument. And Barnabas was the uniter. Barnabas was the uniter. Yes. Great job, man. So well, that's cool when you affirm someone's, uh, it's it's something they are rather than something they do. Because that tells people that you've taken a, a deep notice of who they are. And uh, 
It's interesting. I had a friend come up to me in church yesterday who I'd sent him a text during the week after I'd had an interaction with him, and I noticed something about him. Not something he did, but something about him. And he said, I just want to tell you, I looked at that text like three or four times this week, and it meant a lot to me. Okay, well, great. That meant a lot to me that that meant a lot to you. Right. So it's a nice circle of strengthening when you pay people compliments that are merited that you notice things about their character, about who they are. So the lesson that I learned, and you just affirmed it for me when you said she didn't do anything special. It was it was just out of the blue that I uh, um, affirmed her, basically. And I want to encourage the listeners that if there's somebody in your life that you love, whether it be a spouse or boyfriend or girlfriend, mother, father, son, daughter, whatever it may be, friend, just out of the blue affirm what they do, what they mean to you. It's a trait, like you said, that, that you may notice that, hey, I, I just think this is really cool about you. I just thought you should know. And say it to them. Say it right to them. Right. Don't do it. To don't don't say it about them. Don't text them. it to them. Don't, yeah, well, <laughs> no. you can text it to them. Take advantage of technology. Yeah. Uh, I just, I, I do use texts in the morning so do I. to strengthen people because I'm going to be honest. If I don't do it right then, I'll forget it later and I won't share it. So that that was a good face thing that happened to me, and I have a good faith thing and a bad faith—not a bad faith thing, but something that I'm struggling with. Okay. And also, a message was given to me. So, which one do you want to hear next? You want to hear the one that I'm struggling with, or do you want to hear the message that was given to me? Just, Pick one. Just roll whatever you think fits in this spot. We'll get we'll get to both of them. Okay, I'll, I'll do what I'm struggling with. There are three individuals in my life that are struggling and I've reached out to them and I've gotten zero response mm -hmm. and I don't know why I've gotten zero response and I think sometimes my eagerness uh, to dive in <laughs> Throw my two cents in. Fix. Fix. Um, I have to learn how to be patient, and I have to learn how to not take it personal. And I reminded myself of that this morning because I was taking it personal, and it's very frustrating because of where I hold these people in my life, and, and all of them, two of them, I would consider mentors. Or people that I really look up to mm -hmm. and admire and respect. One of them is just going through a very difficult time. And it's breaking my heart. And I want to jump in and fix. The other, the, the, the two older ones, the mentor ones, or the people that I admire and respect. Um, I don't really want to fix it. I want them to acknowledge me. <laughs> so it's a little <laughs> bit selfish. That I, yeah, I'm down here. I can help you, you know. Yeah. And they're just like shoe fly right now. And so I just have to be patient. So pray for me on patience on that one and understanding. I have to have understanding of this. So in church the other day, I, would, uh, I was thinking about this and I need direction. 
And I, I the word direction was on my mind before I walked into church. And one of the messages that I heard was that God's wisdom in ways gives you direction. So I'm looking for God's wisdom on how to deal with this and the way that God would deal with this. So if you're a praying person out there, you can pray for that for me and, and for the people that are close to me. Pray for them. Just say, hey, the people that are close to Chris, God knows what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. And the last thing, since it was Lent, this was really strong uh, this this morning, yesterday morning and this morning during the walk prayer time that I do. This was really strong because it's Lent season and because what I heard in church. I want to encourage all the listeners out there. If you are making choices and bad bad choices and decisions, hit the reset button. Walk away. You're not being judged. You're being loved. Make a better choice. If you're struggling with a certain sin in your life, just walk away. I'm just encouraging you that it's okay. And if you struggle with it, or whether it's an addiction or whatever it may be, if a behavior that you know you shouldn't be engaging in, now's the time to walk away. And being that it's Lent and on Ash Wednesday and, and yesterday, the story of Jesus going into the desert or the forest for 40 days for fasting, he was tempted three times, right, by by Satan, the devil. And the three temptations were, first of all, he was starving or because he was fasting, right? And Satan says to him, if you're God, turn this uh, rock into bread or whatever the mm-hmm. case may be, then you can eat and all will be forgiven and, you know, God's going to take care of you. Jesus uh, said no, basically. Then Satan um, took him up to a cliff and said, throw yourself off this cliff. God, If you're God, God's angels, it is written that... You will not trip over a stone or hurt yourself over a stone. Jesus said no. Then he showed him all the kingdoms of the world and said, if you prostate, prostrate, is it prostate or prostrate? prostrate. Thank you. Prostate's the mighty yeah. part, yeah. yeah. If you prostrate yourself uh, to me, this will all be yours. And that's when um, Jesus rebuked him and said, get behind me, mm-hmm. Satan. So I am just saying that. For whatever reason, all the listeners were on my mind, and the listeners that are struggling with something in their life that is is overtaking them, and I've been there. I've been in situations in my life where I've been overwhelmed and felt alone or felt confused, or I, I kept making bad decisions that you can get out of this. You can get out of this and humble yourself. And, and if you feel, I, I believe in spiritual warfare. Maybe you do, maybe you don't. But if you feel like you're being attacked or you, something's got a hold of you, you have the power to rebuke it and through through God and through Jesus to say, get get behind me, Satan, and, and get this demon off my back or whatever you want to, language you want to use, that's the language that I use. And I do that, and I walk around my house, and I do that, and I do that for my kids, and I do that for my wife, and I do that for my friends, and I'm doing that for the listeners. That I just want to encourage you that you're good enough. You're loved, and even though we make poor decisions, if you're struggling with something, uh, you have the power to walk away. 
and to change and hit the reset button. It is never too late. And for whatever reason, this weekend, that was overwhelming uh, a feeling that I, I had. And a couple thoughts that I, I wrote down, and you see all these little thought bubbles. Mm-hmm. This is how I take notes, right? I mean, this is if you look at my football charts during the season, this is what you would see. Um, are you willing to step into God's plan uh, in your life without reservation? No matter if it's different than what you may have in mind. Um, face your pain and your frustration. Give it to God and receive a peace that you're not maybe not going to understand. Suffering the here and now does not compare to the glory that is coming. Keep your eternal perspective. Are you willing to step into God's plan in your life? Emotional and mental peace just as important or more important than physical peace. Uh, the, the peace of mind that you can have and you can receive. Stop torturing yourself. Stop feeling guilty. Escape from that 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 handcuffed or that guilt feeling. You can do that. Just ask for forgiveness. Ask for help. Uh, replace anxiety. You have the power to replace the anxiety you may have and the worry that you have by praying for that that peace. We will live God's purpose and destiny before we die and go to heaven. So you're going to live God's purpose and destiny if you want it, even in the most basic prayer. Our Father art in heaven, right? The Our Father, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Well, if you're praying, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, then you're praying for God's will. That might not be your will, but it's going to be best for you. So I just it's just an encouragement message that you're not being judged for whatever behaviors you may be engaging in. I'm just encouraging you to re-examine and know that you have the power within you to walk away from whatever you may be engaging in or whatever has uh, whatever has a hold over you, whatever it's thoughts or behaviors. Just It's time to change. You can do it. You can do it, and, and we're here to, to support you. It's interesting you go down that road because you and I never rehearse or any of the podcasts, particularly the faith thing. I never know what you're going to bring up, and you never know what I'm going to bring up. And this morning as I was praying and asking God to give me something today, uh, I felt like he was leading me to talk about gossip and the danger of gossip. And that led me to the book of James, which is one of my favorite books in the Bible because it's just, I think James would have, you and I would have had pretty hardcore. You and I would have had a lot of, we would have had a lot of good conversations with James. James was the half-brother of Jesus, all right? So he was Joseph and Mary's son, but he obviously was not God's son, so he's Jesus' half-brother. And James did not come to faith in Jesus until Jesus was crucified and resurrected. Uh, You know, you'd be like, no, this guy's my brother. Like, come on, you're not God's son. Well, then when he raises himself, when he's raised from the dead, you're like, okay, yeah, I get it now. So James, the book of James is very plain spoken, and in the book of James, uh, Chris was talking about uh, triumphing over something, getting out of some behavior. James puts it pretty plain. He says, knowing what to do and not doing it is sin. We can delude ourselves and say, well, is that some good to it? Or I am. Yeah. We, a lot of times, it. try to put a fog over what we know is wrong so that we can keep doing it. Yeah. If you've accepted Christ, and James finally did, Chris and I have, when you accept Jesus as your Savior— He gives you what I call a spiritual cheat code. He gives you his spirit inside you. It's that voice inside you, your GPS, 
tells you when you're off track. It speaks to you. It's your conscience. You can think of it a lot of different ways. But the best thing about the Holy Spirit is, or well, there are many, many, many things about it, but it gives you the power to step away from things. Like you have the power of Christ in you. You have the same power that raised him from the dead. You have that power. Now, are you going to access that power? You can put your faith in that power. Are you going to access it, use it, leverage it, or are you just going to turn it off? You know, you can have your GPS on and it can be telling you where to go and you can like turn the volume down or turn it off. And then guess what? You probably get lost. So the book of James is a great place to go. It is the book I turned to when my life fell apart on December the 22nd, 1996. And I realized that I had just been playing around the edges of church and I had not invested. I had not opened my Bible and looked for what was really in there. And once I invested and really tried to find out, okay, what is this really about? Then all of a sudden I was like, well, this is really not that hard to understand. Uh, And I was amazed how eager God was to meet me and help me. And so I would encourage you to do that. And if you don't know where to go in the Bible, go to the book of James, because you'll be able to understand it, and it will definitely strengthen you. Yeah, well, the verse you're referring to, let your yes be yes, and your no be no, and anything else is evil. So That's always been one of the verses, one of the first verses you ever quoted to me that I could tell meant a lot to you. Well, it does, because, um, you know, there's a... There's a gray area that I step into on that, and uh, I've gotten better and continue to get better and strive to get better. Uh, I just am encouraging everybody that you, too, can can get better and that whatever has a hold of you, let it go. You can let it go, and you can change. And if you're struggling with something, I, I have no idea what it is that you're struggling with, but numbers and statistics and odds tell me that there's people out there struggling, and I want you to understand that it's okay, but you can get away. And just think about the, uh, in Matthew, we talked about when Jesus was tempted three times. So he he understands what you're going through, what the temptations are in your life. I mean, but he gives you a way out. Bible says he was tempted as we are. Gives you a way out. Everything you face, he faced it. Well, you, you, you think about it, I mean... Yeah, Adam and Eve were, were tempted. They fell. Well, we had to rec- he had to fix that. Yeah. So he had to be tempted and not fall. It's I mean, sometimes the Christianity thing gets overwhelming and so how can you can't possibly understand? Well, basically we fell. God had to fix it to make it right. He's a righteous God, so he has to make it right. So he had to come down and not fall. And and face what we face and the challenges that we face. You're not alone. And you're loved, and you're not looked down upon. You want I want to. We want to lift you up. Just let yourself kill that selfish beast inside. And say, hey, I can do this. We'll be back Wednesday. Spring football starts today. Ryan Day meeting with the media. That means me. Hopefully, I'll get a question or two in. What are you going to ask? Um, how's know. your soul today, Ryan? <laughs> Where do you stand spiritually, I'd Ryan? love to talk with Ryan about <laughs> leadership is what I'd love to talk to him about because I know he's taken leadership seminars or somebody's impacted him on the leadership side. But, of course, the relationship that we have, the way the media thing's done now is we never really get to have a real conversation with him. Nope. He'd be an interesting guy to have a conversation with, but I don't know if that'll ever happen. Hopefully it will. Maybe we'll get him on the podcast sometime. You can leverage your friend Urban to make that happen. I don't do that. No, I know you don't. <laughs> Nor do you take a recorder to Pro Day. <laughs> Thanks for Not listening. Not my job. Follow us on uh, Facebook, on Instagram, New Twitter handle. on Twitter at We Tackle, and uh, you can 
Email the show, Podcast at gmail.com, and review us on iTunes. It really, really helps. Trust me, it does. Have a great day, everybody. Thank you.